Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here, I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language, writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, I have one big segment about English words that have wormed their way into French, no matter how vigorously the French have resisted. But first, my LinkedIn Learning video course is finally available. If you have access to LinkedIn Premium or lynda.com, which a lot of people can get through a university or local library, you can get it free. Just search either of those platforms for Grammar Girl and pick the course called Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. You can watch videos about commas, bulleted lists, passive voice, and more. And check it out, because if a lot of people watch these videos, I'll get to make even more. And now, on to the show. The English language has been borrowing words from French since William the Conqueror and his Norman followers invaded British shores in 1066. The French language, on the other hand, did not return the favor. In fact, French didn't borrow many English words at all until nearly 900 years later, when French, British, and American troops were in close contact as allies during World Wars I and II. Before World War II, the French language rarely borrowed words from English. Anglicisms, as they're known, rapidly increased in popularity during the war, when French and English-speaking troops frequently worked together as allies on the battlefield. American military tech entered the global consciousness along with the corresponding English-language names. It all happened so quickly that even though the French-language authorities strongly resist the adoption of Anglicisms, they couldn't do a whole lot to stop the influx of words like tank, bulldozer, and jeep. And as technology advances, that trend continues, with drone now being commonly used in France, too. After the end of the war, the American lifestyle of the 1950s captured the global stage and brought more Anglicisms right along with it. Some of these words, like cowboy, referred to concepts that were new to the French. Other loanwords were adopted by French speakers so quickly and completely that there was hardly any time to do much anything about it before they became everyday words and terms like baby food and tech words like gadget, gif, and tablet. The linguist Paula Chesley from the University of Minnesota has grouped English words that come into French into 10 general topics. Everyday life, politics, economics and finance, law, sports, cinema, music, fashion, appearance, and food. 
Helpful words like parking and agenda permeate even the most professional settings, despite many French speakers insisting that they remain informal. According to a study by Marina Kostiuk in 2018, the French have adopted words from every part of speech, from interjections like wow to verbs like boost or flash, though such verbs will often take on a Frenchified suffix to indicate that they are, in fact, verbs. So they're pronounced booster and flasher. Verbs in particular are hard to ignore or replace with French equivalents, especially if they're borrowed as part of a popular verbal phrase. Examples include has-been, burnout, stand-up, and start-up. As we've mentioned, the glamorization of the American lifestyle was a significant force behind the popularization of many Anglicisms within the French language. Some examples of those are primetime, camping, and street art. Another common example would be anything having to do with American food and beverages. The less healthy, the better. Fast food, cake, hot dog, and snacking. Squatting, flash mob, and manspreading were hard to even begin translating into French, even in the most cumbersome of manners, and they entered the cultural consciousness quickly. Important cultural events also carry anglicized names because English-language marketing campaigns tend to be more successful, particularly in regard to reaching an international audience. French festivals like Only Light and Against the Wind are intentionally marketed in English, while other cultural phenomena like Brexit are discussed so widely on social media that their English name becomes near-universal. Similarly, fields that are largely dominated by the United States inject new words into French. Proper nouns that start as popular company names pick up French suffixes, as with Facebook becoming Facebookin. French speakers may also talk of a state of Netflixization or Uberization. And I apologize for my French pronunciations up front. I have listened to recordings of these words over and over, and I'm doing the best I can, but I know it's not great, so sorry. Similarly, loan words used for advertising, such as made for sharing or made in France, may result in the term becoming commonplace elsewhere. One of the best examples of this was Google's ad slogan, Googler, which French speakers reinterpreted into a verb, Googler, and eventually the now popular form, Googlieser. As one might expect, the tech boom of the 1990s was a big source of this type of loanword. Digital, smartphone, chat, email, and a boatload of techie acronyms like CD, DVD, USB, LOL, and even FBO for Facebook official, as in their relationship is now Facebook official or FBO. But it hasn't been just the internet pushing English loanwords onto French speakers. The United States has also dominated popular media over the last 50 years or so, giving French the words fiction, magazine people, superstar, and both news and fake news, according to a paper by Lazarev in 2017. Words for hobbies and interests that are popularly associated with American culture are also common now in French, according to Kostiuk's study, including sports like tennis and street basketball, music words like folk, pop star and freestyle, cinema and television terms like casting and telereality, remake and fan, beauty words like fashion week, lifting as in plastic surgery, superwoman as an empowering nickname for women, and clothing words like jeans, t-shirt, and top. 
Then there are the truly necessary, indispensable loan words. These are nearly impossible to get rid of for various reasons. They include concepts that previously had no name in French, like bump stock. But sometimes these anglicisms stick around, whether there's an existing term in French or not. Oftentimes, a word or term that's popularly or necessarily used within a professional setting will stick around because its usage can't be simply dismissed as informal. According to a study featured in the Parisian and cited by Costiuc, the most common anglicisms in French professional settings in 2018, after brainstorming, are mainstream, workshop, bullet points, conf call, one-to-one, desk, personal branding, process, and reporting. According to Artyom Lazarev's 2017 study, multi-word phrases are likely to be some kind of loan blend, typically retaining English syntax. For example, if you're acting odd, a friend might tell you, "Tay off, you're off. Or perhaps, tetro speed, your speed, when you're going too fast. If you're in trouble, you are en bad, and something that isn't clean is ne pas clean. Eight out of every ten French anglicisms are lexical adaptations, meaning that they're borrowed with little or no adjustment in either meaning or form, while almost all the others are semantic adaptations, which look nearly identical to their English origins, but have evolved a different meaning in French over time. Lexical adaptations mean the same thing as their English counterparts, such as email, smartphone, and phrases relating to the cloud. Then there are the anglicisms that stick around simply because the French alternative is cumbersome. Bata Wi-Fi has a couple more syllables than English box Wi-Fi. But examples like voiture bon marché for cheap car really highlights the compact convenience of English. About 20% of these anglicisms have either expanded or narrowed their definitions as they evolve within the French language. For instance, basket is a general term for basketball, and the verb scotcher may apply to taping something down or any other way of immobilizing it. And foosball may be called baby foot. The remaining 5% are said to be syntactic and graphical adaptations like PM and BLVD for boulevard. A fascinating example of semantic adaptation is XXL, which was initially borrowed as the clothing size, but has extended to several figurative phrases, including Project XXL for a large-scale project, Om XXL for a plus-sized man, and Arrogance XXL for a big ego. This is most frequent when English phrases are borrowed as a chunk, even if they're then retranslated back into French. Serial dragueur is patterned after serial killer to mean serial flirt, there are also quite a few loan blends, as when the E prefix is used, in terms like E reputation, or dog-sitting referred to as tutu-sitting. As you may have guessed, the French don't always appreciate these borrowings, and its language authorities have scrambled to react and fix such atrocities. While loanwords tied to Anglo-Saxon-dominated industries like tech are often unavoidable in their respective professional fields because of their universal usage and significantly less cumbersome construction compared to French counterparts, they're more often considered acceptable only in the most informal of settings, especially in Quebec French. 
In French-speaking Canada, weekend is fin de semaine, and email is couillel, with almost no exceptions. The Quebec region also enforces Loi 101, or Law 101, which establishes French as the region's official language and ensures its status by requiring all students to attend French-speaking schools, whether they're from English-speaking families or not. The Académie Française is a French council responsible for regulating and standardizing the language. Throughout its 400-year history, it's often been considered, both within French-speaking countries and without, highly controversial for insisting there are right and wrong ways to speak French. Regardless, it has insisted on certain measures that do dampen the influx of loanwords into French, especially from English. One such measure is a tendency to completely dub over any English-language media, compared to the tendency of other European countries to simply use subtitles. While approximately 90% of speakers in France speak at least a little franglais in their daily lives, according to a study published for the French newspaper La Parisienne, plenty of French-language experts deride what they call linguistic laziness. La Parisienne states that, quote, you can love them or hate them, but no one can get away from them, unquote. Jean Mallet, one such language expert and a former English professor, admits that, quote, there's never been so many anglicisms in our vocabulary, as many as 10%, and it's increasing exponentially, unquote, which he finds reprehensible. They don't sound nice on the ear, Mallet laments, but we use them because they've become automatic. Yet Lazarev points out that it cannot simply be so-called linguistic laziness for several reasons. One of the strongest counter-arguments is that there are anglicisms with parallel terms in French, with the only difference between them being what the authors call emotional color, a subtle difference in semantics or appropriate context such as informal conversation versus professional terminology. For instance, French advertisements are often marketed in English, particularly when advertising internationally. Using the French equivalents tend not to work as well. For instance, the silver economy was a major economic initiative aimed at grouping together businesses geared to older generations. But the most visible marketing campaign is the popular Air France slogan, France in the Air. But Kostiok cites the most conclusive evidence of the futility behind trying to control this English influx is the rejection of these attempts by the French people themselves. The endeavor to replace hashtag with French moudis, literally sharp word, was widely mocked, especially on Twitter where hashtags are particularly prevalent. An attempt to encourage balise instead of tag on social media was similarly unsuccessful. And no one really liked referring to the sudden fad of fidget spinners as toupie de ma. Other anglicisms that French authorities attempted to ban or replace and were similarly ignored include binge drinking, beach, ebook, dropout, and crowdfunding. Terms related to the cloud or carbon emissions have proven similarly hard to replace with their French equivalents. Regardless of how people feel about the influx of loanwords into their language, it's inevitable. Some experts say that as many as 10% of French words are described more concisely, accurately, or popularly using words of English origin, just as nearly a third of all English words originally came from the French language itself. As with any case of language change, the final say comes from the population actually using the language, not the authorities who try so hard to control it. 
That segment was written by Kate Whitcomb, a linguist and teacher with degrees in psycholinguistics and cognitive neuroscience. You can find her online at thelaymanslinguist.com and on Twitter as laymanslinguist. Finally, I have a familect story that I thought went particularly well with this episode because it's about combining English with another language, Spanish. Hi, um, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I have a word that I think only me and my family use. It's actually a combination of Spanish and English. It's, we say Googleolo. Um, it is what we want to say whenever someone says, just Google it. And it's, I think it's like a really funny Tex-Mex thing. And I'm curious if any other Hispanic first, second, third generation Americans also have this um, a phrase for Google it when you need to say a word in Spanish. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. If you want to share your Familect story, leave a voicemail at 833214-GIRL and you might hear it on the show. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find me at the home of my podcast network, quickanddirtytips.com. While you're there, check out the latest podcast from Money Girl, my fellow Quick and Dirty Tips podcaster. Five ways to keep your day job while you start a business. I definitely did that when I started Grammar Girl more than 13 years ago. Thank you to my producer, Nathan Sams, and that's all. Thanks for listening. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track, we care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.